If you have your Bible, turn to Psalm 29. It will also be on the screen. And so Psalm 29, and I'm going to read the entire Psalm. Psalm 29, verses 1 through 11. Psalm 29, verses 1 through 11. Let us hear God's Word. Given to the Lord, O ye mighty ones. Given to the Lord glory and strength. Given to the Lord the glory due to His name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. And the voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. And yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes them also skip like a calf. Lebanon and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The voice, the Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. And the voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth. And strips the forest bare. And in his temple everyone says glory. And the Lord sat enthroned at the flood... And the Lord sits at the king as king forever. And the Lord will give strength to his people. And the Lord will bless his people with peace. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word this morning and for the inspiration of it. And now may it speak to our hearts and our lives in such a way that we will be challenged, that we will be changed and that we will never get over it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, about a year ago, a little uh, under a year ago, I believe it was, we actually did a, a series here called I Love My Church. And, uh, I mean, you can literally say, been there, done that, I've got the T-shirt, because we gave you red T-shirts, and uh, we still see those around sometimes. And I'll... Um, and so this year, we felt like we wanted to do something similar, but we wanted to take what, you know, it, it's great to love our church. It's great to love the parts of our church. It's great to love the, the ministries, whether you're a, a, a child and loving the children's ministry that we have here, whether you're a youth and love the youth ministry, whether you're families and love, oh, by the way, there is a new, well, it's not new, but it just started back up. If you need a, if you want a family class, in other words, you come to that class as your, uh, as your whole family together, and, and it's a cool class happening at 8.30 on Sunday mornings right here, right up there in room 210. Uh, come on out, and I think they might be starting to have some breakfast again. But anyway, we'll talk about that. But come on out, and um, that's right, food. Amen. But, um, but come on out for that. But whether it's you're a family or whether you're a senior adult, and we do some cool things. Senior adults do cool things here. We got Edinburgh 49ers, and we got senior adult travelers. In fact, I think they're going to see driving Miss Daisy coming up, amen, so to travel. But whatever it is, it's good to love your church. It's good to love what our church does and what our church and the missions and the outreach. But if we are not empowered as a church to go and love our city, then we are missing a major part of who we are called to be. And so this series is called I Love My City. 
And it's going to be about going and taking the values that are here at Pine Valley and, and using those values, and we'll talk about those in just a few minutes, to go and love our city. Now, there's a lot of things about Wilmington that, that, that are great. And the kids, they, they were listing some of those things. There's some awesome things about Wilmington. We've got good food here in Wilmington and great food spots and, and everything. We, we, we have a, a beautiful downtown area and a riverfront there. We have uh, the beach access to several beaches, and it's just a, a short little drive if you want to go to the beach, and you can go there. We, we have great food here in Wilmington, and, and, and also we, we have uh, wonderful things. You know, the movie industry is kind of coming back now, and things like uh, Outer Banks season two was filmed partly up here and all and things like that or if you're a John B fan um, if um, we, we have arts and 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 we have colleges here and a great community college Cape Fear Community College and uh, UNCW so we've got good higher education uh, establishments around and all um, and we also did I mention we have great food amen amen so y'all know where my priorities are but anyway but we uh, it's a wonderful place to live. There's no doubt about it. But also, Wilmington has its challenges. There's no doubt that, that Wilmington has its challenges and has a lot of hurting people. Uh, there are neighborhoods in Wilmington with high crime levels, drug sales, shootings, and poverty. Uh, in fact, Wilmington received a D-plus grade for safety. Now, I'm not trying to scare folks here or anything like that. I'm just just throwing some statistics uh, that, about what's happening in our city. Uh, D-plus means the rate of crime is higher than the average U.S. city. Um, the rate of crime actually is 39.82 per 1,000 residents, and that put our crime rate at 1 in 14 in the west neighborhoods or as low as 1 in 46 in the southeastern part of Wilmington. Um, also, Wilmington in 2019, now we think it came down a little bit in 2020, but in 2019 had more than 140 shootings in the city of Wilmington. Wilmington is in the top four cities in North Carolina for sex trafficking, and many think that that's because of the port and also easy access to I-40 and I-95. Uh, overdoses in North Carolina, now this is a statewide statistic here, but overdoses have increased in North Carolina by 36% since the pandemic hit. 36%, that's in North Carolina. And in, in Wilmington, um, it is still, we've kind of held this for a while, it is still, Wilmington has the highest opioid abuse rates in the country. Right now, 11.6% of individuals in Wilmington suffer from opioid addiction. And that's just the ones we know about. So there's probably, it's probably uh, even higher than that. So there is no doubt that there are conditions in this city that we are called to care about. Now, oftentimes, we like to care about those things whenever they have to do with us or have to do with somebody that we love. But if we are really being who God has called us to be, then we need to care about these conditions, whether it's personally affecting one of us or whether it is not. Because when it affects God's people, it affects each and every one of us. 
Hurting people mean something to Jesus. So hurting people should mean something to us. Now, we at Pine Valley, we our vision, you'll hear a lot about this. If you haven't, it's over some of the doors and all of that. Easy. It's not one of these long things. I've seen churches spend two years in four paragraphs trying to say what their mission is and all of that. Nothing against that. I'm just saying that's not us. We have an easy, laid out, connecting hearts to Christ and one another. That's what we're here to do. Connecting hearts to Christ and one another. And so we have four major values that help us to fulfill our vision here at Pine Valley. They're excellence. They all start with E, so they're easy to remember. Well, they're kind of long words. But anyway, they're excellence in worship, engaging spiritual formation, extra mile caring, and expressive face sharing. And don't worry, each week is going to be on those. But what we're going to do this year is not just tell you about how we're living out that vision here, but how that vision of those four values will help us to love our city and to help us to love the people of our city. And so we're going to start out with worship. We're going to start out with worship because worship means something here at Pine Valley. We plan, we pray, we prepare, we encourage participation. We have five different worship services, in case you didn't know that. We have five different worship services. One is on Thursday night with a kind of a gospel, uh, southern gospel blend. And, and uh, we, are, we had 122 people this past Thursday night. So Thursday night service is rocking and rolling. It's full band. I mean, it's good stuff. But uh, that's on Thursday night, especially if you're out on Sunday or going to be gone on Sunday, come on out on a Thursday night. That's a wonderful uh, way to steal. It's the same sermon that you'll hear the upcoming Sunday. Then on Friday night is Celebrate Recovery, and it is a blend between a worship service and a recovery meeting. It's totally anonymous. That's why that one is not... Uh, uh, that, that one is not live streamed and all, but it's right here. We eat at 6 and then the service is at 6.30. And then on Sunday mornings, 8.15 and 11.15 are traditional. And then the one that, of course, you're in right now is at 9.45 and it's the bridge service, contemporary service. And, and we, we, we put a lot towards our worship. We, we believe that it needs to be excellent. You know why it needs to be excellent? Because God deserves excellence. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, that does not mean it's always perfect. I will go ahead and tell you, it's not always perfect. And sometimes we can mess, especially me, I can get something mixed up or forget something or whatever. But it deserves, he deserves our excellence. But what I want to do today is talk about how worship helps us to love our city. How does worship help us to love our city? Number one is this. Worship is a witness to the city that God is our priority. That God is a priority to us. When we worship, we are saying, Lord, you are more important than the other things that I think I have to do. When you come to worship, whenever you are worshiping, even when you are, uh, if, if you're staying home because of COVID and you're engaging online, then you're saying, this is more important than the other things that I think I have to do. And that you are an, a, a priority to me. That's what we're saying to God when we show up and when we worship. See, the word worship actually means showing worth in someone or something. 
And so when we are at worship, we are showing worth. When we worship, we show worth to God. We show worth to Him. We show worth. We, we, we say, Lord, you are worth me showing up today. Um, uh, weekly church attendance has declined from 45% in 1993 to 29% in 2020. And it's probably even worse than that. Uh, because, you know, oftentimes people are, um, oh, oh yeah, I go all the time, you know. Been about three times last year. But anyway, I go all the time. You know how it is. But anyway, but that's what they're saying. And when we show up, we're saying that God is worth it. Psalm 29 verse 2 says it like this. Given to the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. When we are worshiping, we are showing worth in God and saying, Lord, you're more important than that other thing. You're more important than my pleasure. You're more important than my desires. You're more important than my conveniences. You're more important than those, than those events that I think I have to be at or that I should be at. Lord, you're more important. And it witnesses to this city that. When folks come by here and see cars, whenever it is, we are witnessing to the city that God is important to us, that we are taking time to worship. It means that God, we're, we're saying, Lord, you're important. You're important to our kids. You're important to us. And, and, and I'll tell you what, not only does it witness to our city, but showing up on Sunday morning witnesses to your children. When we say we're going to prioritize this over all these other things, you're saying to your kids, God matters. Now, whenever we just decide to go to church when we have nothing better to do, then what are we saying to our kids? I, I'm, I'm just being real with you this morning. What are we saying to our kids? Oh, God's good when it's convenient or when we really need them. But whenever we are in God's house, and we make it a priority to be there, it's telling our kids that God means something to us. And folks, I'm going to tell you right here, everyone, we, we, we won't be able to stand before God's throne for our kids. Only they'll be able to do that. And we need to ask ourselves what kind of witness we are being to them. Worship means we make God a priority. Number two is this. Worship reminds us of the power of God. It reminds us of the power of God. Look, when we sing, we are reminding ourselves of God's grace, love, and power. If we are going to love our city, then we have to remember what God can do. Look at, look at what Psalm 29 verses 8 and 9 says this. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare. And in his temple, everyone says glory. I want y'all at the count of three, everybody to say the word glory with me, okay? And, and uh, ready? Let's try it. One, two, three. Glory. Oh, come on. Let's try it one more time. Some kids were helping me good time right, right there. Ready? One, two, three. Glory. Amen. Amen. See, that's not so bad. Amen. It says everybody. See, that's not a Pentecostal thing. That's a, that's a biblical thing. We say glory to God, and we are reminded of the power of God. We're reminded of what God can do. We're reminded, we're, we're reminded of, of the freedom that God can give. We're reminded of the reconciliation that God can bring to this city in whatever ways is needed. See, we have to remember 
every time we worship, it's a celebration of the resurrection of Jesus. It's a celebration of what Jesus can do. That mighty cross that we sang about a while ago is reminding us. I remember I was, uh, I, I, I was at UNC or finished up UNCW in my first year at Duke Divinity School. We, we have an opening convocation up in the Duke Divinity School Chapel, not that big chapel, but the one that was in the Divinity School. And I look across there, and as we're singing, I'm like, oh, I know that guy. And you couldn't miss him. He was six foot nine, and he used to be a power forward for UNCW years ago. Some of you might remember uh, John Spann, who used to play for UNCW. I mean, huge, big guy. And I remember looking across there and seeing him at Divinity School. And I remember talking to him after that service. And he had told me, he said, yeah, you know, I finished up. Now, I will go ahead and tell you, in intramural, I was playing for the Baptist Student Union. And we played against his team in intramural after they were through with the regular basketball season. And I would just go ahead and tell you, I got to guard John Spann. Now, I will not tell you how many points he made that day, okay? But anyway, I got to guard John Spain. But anyway, um, you know, I mean, my skills, my mad skills, you know. But anyway, but, um, but, the, um, but I remember asking him, and he had gone, he had left UNCW or finished UNCW, had gone into the accounting world, had a great job, but God called him to preach. And so he was a couple of years ahead of me, so all of a sudden we were starting divinity school together. But anyway, I won't ever forget, we took a class together. It was called Preaching in the Holy Spirit, two of my favorite things. And, and, um, and we were in there, and he was, I remember his sermon, he was talking about, he was working in an inner city youth group there in Durham. And he said a lot of their youth that were coming in for their Sunday night thing had already begun to dabble in games. And he said, it is like you could literally, when they would come into the doors, you could literally see death, almost as if it was written on the brow of their head, on, the, on their forehead. He said, you just feel the spirit of death. And he said, I realized then that the best thing we had to offer was community and the message of resurrection. Because that is what we had to offer. And there's a lot of death in this community. There's a lot of dead things. There's a lot of dead relationships. There's a lot of addiction. But let me tell you something. If we're going to see breakthroughs in this community, then we need to remember the power of God. And that's what worship helps us to do. Amen. And lastly, worship invites us into God's presence where true transformation can take place. Worship invites us into God's presence where true transformation can take place. Look at verse 11 of chapter 29. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. The Lord will give strength to his people and the Lord will bless his people with peace. Folks, that only gets to happen. You hear who will do that? It won't be the preacher, it won't be the musicians. Won't be the singers or the tech folks or the ushers. Or who, who does that? The Lord. The presence of the Lord. That's who does that. Now, excellent worship, I think, has many kind of uh, ingredients to it. In fact, I mean, there's good music. There's God's Word. I mean, I think you need those things. Good music. We need God's Word. We need prayer. We need response. But the key factor is the power and the presence of God. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what makes the difference. 
Because you see, it's God's presence that will begin to fill our life and make us want to see a difference in the lives of other people. I want to ever forget, uh, uh, I love this scripture verse, Matthew 9, verse 36. Love this scripture verse. Look at what it says there. It says, when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. You hear that? They were weary and scattered like, jeep, uh, like sheep, not a jeep, but like sheep having no shepherd. And, and, and here's the thing. See, that word compassion in the Greek means an internal, intense movement of the bowels. All right? Now, now, hear me now. I'm not talking about something from what you ate last night, okay? I'm talking about, I'm talking about Jesus had compassion. In fact, it ached him all the way inside. When you see that he had compassion for somebody, it was, y'all ever had that homesick feeling? You ever had that homesick feeling and it's just aching all the way down in here, almost just makes you sick at your stomach? That's what Jesus felt when he saw people who were hurting and lost like sheep without a shepherd. And folks, if we're going to truly love our city, then we need to have the same kind of compassion that Jesus had. And worship, where the presence of God is, helps us to have that kind of transformation in our life so that we can have compassion for others. See, it's transformation that's going to transform us. It's God's presence that's going to transform us. We, and, and, and that's when we can see God's power in our own lives happen. When God's presence is here, God's power is displayed. When God's presence is here, that's whenever marriages can be healed. That's whenever bodies can be restored. That's when addictions can be broken. I can't persuade you of anything here, but I want you here because God's presence can make a difference. God's presence can make a difference. And folks, it starts right here. Pastor Barry pointed out to me as we were singing God of this city, said better things are yet to come in this city and better things are yet to come still to be done here. Still to be done right here. And that's what every one of us need. That's what every one of us need because transformation matters. We're already seeing it in our children. I'll tell you, some of those kids that were at that children's revival uh, two weeks ago on those nights. One of the things I love about Miss Sherry and I love about our children's church here and our Wednesday nights here and our thing, we're teaching kids to worship. Just like what we do in here and they're in here during the praise and worship, a lot of them, we're teaching our kids to worship. But you should have saw some of the pictures of those kids that were worshiping. And I heard of one little boy. Uh, now, now, I don't believe in giving your kids the choice on Sunday morning, but, you know, after four nights, three nights of revival, and he had a t-ball game, they asked him, they said, uh, you want to go to revival, you want to go to the t-ball game, all right? Now, Sunday mornings is a different, that's a different story, but they said, you want to go to, he said, I want to be at revival. And then the greatest transformation, y'all, the other day, the other night at Wednesday night supper, one of the little girls in children's ministry here came up to me, right as we were getting started eating, and said, Pastor Tim, I want to be a preacher. Folks, do not underestimate what transformation will affect or who it will affect.
And it starts right here. It starts with our children. It starts with our youth. And then it goes to our city. So where is it going to start today? Excellent worship should stay with us all week long. Not just today, but all week long. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We love you. We pray right now, God, that you will move in a mighty and awesome way. Lord, we pray as we worship you that your presence will transform us. Maybe there's some folks in here this morning. Maybe there's a marriage that needs healing. Maybe there's a body that needs healing. Maybe there is an addiction that needs breaking. Lord, we pray for your presence, for your presence to make that transformation. Lord, maybe there's some of us that we just, we, we haven't had much compassion lately and we just need to be filled with your compassion and filled with your presence so that we will love the people of this city and that we will be willing to make a difference. Lord, we look to you this morning and trusting you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.